Merry Christmas and welcome back to the Family Path. If this is the first time that you're joining us, we are happy that you've decided to click and listen to us today. My name is Greg Bolowitz and I'm here with my wife, Jocelyn. And uh, we want to give you a little disclaimer right up front. Today's episode, uh, if you listen with kids, um, if that's your habit, you may or may not want them to hear this episode today based on uh, our topic today. So I'll give you that little uh, disclaimer, give you a couple seconds of rambling talk so you can decide if you want to press pause and listen to this at another time. But that's all you got. So we're kicking into it. Yeah. <laughs> we have a, or a topic that may press a little buttons today, but it is whether or not Christians should partake in the festivities of Santa Claus and the tradition of Santa Claus. So that's our issue. That's our topic today. And we're going to kick it off with trying to just discuss what is the purpose of Christmas. So let's let's hit some ground level things and we'll, we'll build the foundation before we kind of dive into where we landed as parents. And and it's important to, to note right up front, these are where where we land is where you may land or you might not land. And it's something that you have to navigate as parents. So that's a full disclaimer. Let's kick it off. Let's figure out and let's talk about the purpose of Christmas. Jocelyn, you want to start? Yeah. So I think globally looking at Christmas, we could see two main views of Christmas. We have the worldly view of Christmas, and then we have the Christian view of Christmas. Um, the worldly view being one that's so focused on like a season of giving, um, gifts, family, tradition, those sort of things, a lot of which center around the man of Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. And then we have, on the other hand, this Christian view of Christmas, um, which is centered on the birth of our Savior. It's just the culmination of what God has promised um, throughout Scripture in sending his son to the earth to seek and to save right. the lost. So... so how do these two worldviews, because it's really what it is, it's a, a worldly worldview and a Christian worldview about right. uh, Christmas, can they collide? Can they coexist? How do they, how are they intermingled? I think one question that we talked about was, think of it this way, if you brought, so we have missionary friends in PNG, mm -hmm. and if, and they reach unreached people groups like these people live in the jungle and they don't know anything about america if you would transplant one of them just for a, a month the month of december let them drive around with you in a car let them be a part of your traditions at home and everything that you do during the month of december what would a foreigner think that we are celebrating you put their shoes on and and viewed the world through their eyes what would what would they see what would they say that we celebrate well definitely i think they would see the worldview of christmas and i don't think that's all wrong and let me explain that like i think that they're gonna see a lot of a season of giving and gifts family traditions all of those things now i think that there can be christian perspective behind that with good motivation that we'll dive into later but i think just globally looking at the celebrations that we have here just because we live in America, um, they would see more of the Santa view than they would see the Jesus view because most people aren't, you know, I guess I shouldn't say that because there is some like nativity sets and things mm -hmm. like that. But most of um, the decorations and whatnot are more centered on the worldly view 
of Christmas. And I'm not just saying Santa, like other things as well, right. you know. Um, but I think it's more Santa heavy than it is Jesus heavy. Yeah. Well, here's another question then. Okay. S- aside from bringing a foreign uh, in a, a foreigner, what if what do you think the results of a poll would be if we took we went into an elementary school mm-hmm. and we we showed two things and you you some sometimes see this like on on reels and stuff of people doing this but what do you think what would happen is if we showed an empty sleigh with reindeer and a cross right. like what would I think there would be a lot of excitement about the empty sleigh with a reindeer because I think kids would get really, really excited about Santa Claus. I don't think there would be much excitement about Jesus because even if they understand what the cross is, they don't uh, most, I would think like in most public schools, you're not going to see a lot of kids who truly understand that or um, just know it to be exciting and a good good thing, you know, where I feel like um, the majority of kids are just going to know about Santa. because they're getting they're, gifts. Right. And they're going to be really, really Fun excited and about exciting. it. Mm-hmm. So that's the dynamic that we're kind of faced with here. I mean, the reality is, is Chris, Christmas, whether whatever you think of the episode today, we all can, I think, agree on that Christmas has been totally commercialized, right. you know, in our world. That's just where we're at. And, and we've, in a sense, because it's been commercialized, we have moved from a celebration of the true meaning of Christmas, right. the the birth of the Savior, and um, that's just where we're at, you know. And how do we handle how do we handle this as as Christians? And what uh, talk about our first Christmas as Christians? So we did yeah. not grow up. I mean, if you're just joining in with us today, we are not your. I'm a pastor now, and my wife and I have seven children, mm-hmm. and we did not grow up with a strong Christian worldview. We grew up Catholic and um, we would both say that we weren't saved. We right. had no saving relationship with Jesus. But when we did come to that saving knowledge, talk about our experience right. of Christmas. So now when I got saved, I realized that I, I wasn't saved before that. But before this first Christmas we celebrated as Christians, I would have always identified as a Christian right. who was per se, a follower of Jesus. We'll talk about that in another episode. Yeah, I just, I didn't know exactly what that all meant. So um, I remember when I gave my life to Christ, I remember this point where we were approaching the Christmas season. I remember you coming home and um, we just had this conversation and we both were just so joyful, like, man, we're going into the Christmas season and this feels so much different this time. Um, Just our eyes had been unveiled and we found this treasure that is just immeasurably greater than anything else. And now we were entering a season of just exalting and just celebrating and worshiping it. And we both hit this point where we were like, oh, man. Okay, I was 27, I think, when I got saved. And I was like, man, for for 26 Christmases, this isn't what I was doing. perspective was all wrong. Yeah, and I, I think we both hit this stumbling block and we had one one kid at the time and we had started doing like the elf on the shelf and whatnot. And it was at this point that we were just like, we felt like we were just staring at the face of our savior saying, what do we do? What do we do? Yeah. What do we do in this situation? And it was clear as day for us at that point. We were just like what we feel right now. um, There's no Santa Claus that Mm -hmm. could ever bring us this amount of joy. He doesn't exist in this house anymore. Yep. We had a realization of where our value system was. And those convictions 
struck really hard in us because we were saved and our salvation comes through the birth of Jesus Christ. And Christmas is a celebration of our Savior. Mm -hmm. So we were like, we can't take away from that. Like our celebration is um, for Jesus. Right. We felt this really heavy conviction of like, if we add anything else in um, Santa Claus or any even lesser thing, like an elf on the shelf or whatever, uh, we're just, we're diverting the the point of the holiday away from Jesus and we and we'll, really we'll talk a little bit more about that as we uh, unpack this. But let's 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 start back at the top. How did we get here with Santa? You know, like what's what's the history of Santa? How did we as a culture get here? It's funny because as we were doing this and you were reviewing this with me, I, I feel like most people probably don't even know. Like we all partake in Santa, right. you know, at some point. But I feel like and this is not going to be a full history lesson on Santa Claus. But the premise and the brief history is there was this man Nicholas of. Mira, uh, back in the fourth century. Um, he was uh, involved with the Catholic Church. He had a, a strong faith, history tells us, in Jesus Christ. And his family was wealthy. And his parents died, left him a big inheritance. And what did he do as a follower of Christ? He gave it away. He gave it to needy people, people that couldn't pay debts or had bad debts. He would just leave money at their doorsteps and anonymously he would give presents. He would just do these things with this inheritance that he got. You know, really good Christian morals, Christian values this man did. He helped the needy. He did, he walked, he walked and performed his life in, in light of the gospel message. So, I mean, is Santa a bad guy? Is Santa Satan? Like a lot of people you'll read online that like, right. oh, Santa's the Antichrist. I mean, the, the original person where Santa kind of came out of, from what history tells us, and there's a lot of stuff on that would probably go either way on this, but from a, a brief research, I mean, he was a Christian guy that kind of gave, gave away his inheritance. Right. Not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Not a bad thing to partake in. So that's, that's where St. Nick comes from. Now, over time, different cultures have taken that. You know, there's different cultures, like I think it was Greek cultures that had like Father Christmas with like, you know, the the changing of seasons and Jack Frost. And so you'd have Father Christmas, you had Kris Kringle, you have Santa Claus. So the, all of these different cultures have morphed Santa Claus, this idea of Santa, into their own structure and their own paradigm. And um, one interesting thing that I actually read was um, Santa Claus for American culture was really canonized in 1823 with, with the, the poem of the night before Christmas or twas the night before Christmas, you know, the popular poem. And that's really what canonized this idea of Santa in American culture. So that's, I mean, that's the history of Santa Claus, all cool, good things, you know, like great guy, good morals, you know, giving giving away his inheritance. But what's the exchange? So now that it has morphed from this and it's taken on its own folklore, what's the exchange, Joss? What what do you want to talk about in terms of like what do we get with Santa, and what do we get with kind of rejecting or putting aside that and remembering the true meaning of Christmas? Right. Well, when you look at it from a Christian root of celebrating Christmas, we obviously celebrate the birth of Jesus. Um, and so they've sort of joined this into one. The problem with that is Santa and Jesus represent two very different things. And so for, to morph them into one is really to devalue Jesus. Um, I mean, it's, 
so if we're going to morph those two things or we're, is there deceit and a lie? Right. Yeah. So I think that would be the first place to start is, okay, it's a lie. At the end of the day, like <laughs> it is a lie to tell our kids like, uh, because Santa is a made up thing. Jesus is not right. The history behind it is that Jesus came and um, he's the great gift that God has given us. You know, his grace was given this time of year. And then on the opposite end is the Santa, which is this made up character, maybe based off of the life of someone, but still at the end of the day made up like this man clearly is not going around to everyone's house every night giving gifts. And so I think that this could be hard for some people to hear, but I think any lie is wrong. And I think that because the Bible says that, Mm -hmm. um, God hates liars. Um, he appreciates those who are truthful and trustworthy. That's what that's Satan what is Proverbs the father of lies. Exactly. <laughs> and so like, I don't think we want to be associated with that. And I know a lot of people can say, okay, but it's an innocent lie. It's an innocent lie. Is it's there, a, I mean, is that the greatest deceit though? An right. innocent lie. Like right. those two things, that's an oxymoron in a sense. Like, and this is what we want to do as humans with our sin is to say, it's okay. It's not that bad. It's a very simple, innocent lie. Yet, no sin is so simple and innocent that it didn't require God's son blood. I mean, we, we ask those same questions like, well, that seems pretty stupid that we all have sin because a woman ate a piece of fruit. Like that seems pretty ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? But that's, I mean, that's our human nature, you know? Right. To mm-hmm. ask that question, to make make less of a lie. So, okay. Right. The exchange is deceitful. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a lie. Where else do we want to go? Let's talk about, okay, go ahead. Yeah, then just, uh, like I said, they're two very different things. Like Santa and Jesus represent two very different things. And to try to morph them into one really devalues Jesus um, most importantly, but really devalues both of them because they they represent two very opposite things. Santa um, offers a worldly joy that's uh, focus more on distraction and giving gifts that are perishable, right? I mean, we can't take any of this with us. So um, all the gifts and and things that we get mean absolutely nothing. They have worldly value, but they have no eternal significance. Jesus then offers life that is um, an eternal joy with an inheritance that's unfading. It's imperishable. It's kept in heaven where no moth or rush will rust will ever sneak in and destroy. So he offers us something that goes so far beyond this world. And yet one is a gift from God and one is a gift of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And, and really the idea that think, thinking of it in terms of how we parent our kids. So the gospel message is Jesus Christ did all the work on our behalf Mm -hmm. so that we can have salvation, you know, salvation is because of what he did. Santa, on the other hand, says, I mean, think of how many times you hear parents manipulate their kids right. in December. Like, if you keep being bad, Santa's not going to come to your house. I mean, you're, you're, you're teaching a moralism at the, at the pinnacle of a season where our salvation is not based on our works. Right. You know, like the meaning of Christmas is that God... Because we couldn't redeem ourselves. He sent the solution. The solution's Jesus. He came and was the perfect sacrifice, died a death that we deserve, and and made atonement for our sins so that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. Santa, on the other hand, says, naughty or nice, I'm going to come or I'm not going to come. So it's a a different 
ever says like, oh, I'm sorry, you were bad. So I'm not giving you anything, you know? Right. So basically, exactly what you're saying, Santa is based on good works and implies that we get the good we deserve. But the message of God, like you said, is so opposite of that. Like it's so much better. Right, exactly. <laughs> and and it, it inherently is so much more truthful. Like we are not good. We don't get good that we deserve. Like what we deserve is hell and eternal separation mm-hmm. from God. But because of the goodness of our God, not because of our goodness, the goodness of God, we're shown mercy in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, who's the only good and perfect man who did the right amount of works to earn the best gift on our yeah. behalf. And that's eternal life. Yeah. I mean, think about, think about, so if you're not familiar with the, the history of the Bible, in between the Old Testament and the New Testament, so the Old Testament, God spoke to his people, Israel, through prophets. That's how God spoke to his people. Well, at the end of the Old Testament, there was 400 years of silence. And then all of a sudden, Jesus emerges into the scene. Mm-hmm. And that's what we celebrate. Like God is doing something. Like this is so much better than this worldly view of Santa Claus and and moralism that we have. Like what a what a true gift that we have from God in the person of Jesus Christ. Right. Like he he is our greatest treasure. And this is exactly where I feel like you and I found ourselves at this point with our first Christmas that we celebrated. And it just reminded me, we were just talking about this before this, of, of the parable, the hidden treasure in Matthew 13, 44, where um, Jesus tells this parable about a man who finds a treasure in a field and he goes and he hides the treasure and then he sells everything he has so that he can buy this field so that the treasure can be his. And like, that's exactly what I felt like we experienced in that mm-hmm. moment. Like we have this treasure and we'll give everything else away for it because this is immeasurably more than anything else that we could ever have. And so we have this treasure, but we want our kids to have this treasure and we want them to see it as a treasure. So it feels like, even as we're saying this, I'm like, man, people probably think we're crazy because we're like, well, it's a lie. And I know a lot of people will say, it's okay. It's a very simple, innocent thing. Or we talked about- Just let your kids have fun. Right. Just let your kids, the magic of Christmas. There is no magic in Christmas apart from the grace and mercy yeah. that God has the shown magic us is, in the is life that of Jesus. The incarnate Son of God came down right. to earth. Because Santa's just not real. <laughs> yeah. He just isn't. There's no magic in that. There's no way to sugarcoat that. No man's coming down your chimney and eating your cookies. It isn't happening. But a man came down from heaven lived a perfect life and died for you so that you could have this inheritance that is imperishable, Mm -hmm. that is unfading, that God just keeps in heaven for you, just waiting to give you, you know? Yeah. It's just, I mean, we got convicted. And and this is where we kind of preface this whole thing. Like you, you have to make your own decision as parents. Like we, we were convicted. We did not want to detract and we wanted to hold that line for what Christmas is. And that's the birth of our Savior, and that's we're 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 holding that line. Right. We yeah. f- we feel Jesus is worth all we have, and we'll give him all we have. We mm-hmm. don't. No one else is going to give them any more. So no one else should reign on his birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how. Right. That's just how we sort of I reconcile mean, the, it. The question is: is if we're going to celebrate Jesus, everything that we do. I mean, this is, okay, back up. The Christian life, Mm -hmm. our entire life needs to point 
to Jesus. We're going to do this so un- imperfectly that it's, right. you know, without saying. But that's what our life, that's what we're called to do with our life, to point people to Jesus through our demonstrating, you know, our, yeah. our belief systems. Does Santa or does any tradition that you do in your in your holiday does it Easter point bunny, to we Jesus? Might as well just throw that one in no, there. we'll get to the Easter Bunny and Easter. We don't be <laughs> taking away our episodes. <laughs> but does what we do point to Jesus? I mean, that's the question that you have to ask yourself. If you're a believer in Christ and he's a treasure that's worth treasuring amongst anything else in your life, is lying to your children about a mythical man who's bringing gifts based on their moral results is is that pointing to the salvation that you have received from your Lord and Savior? Honestly, even as you're saying it, I feel like a lot of people will say, I don't want to take the joy away from my you're kids not. at Christmas. And you know, John Piper <laughs> said it, perfect. If, if Jesus is a killjoy to your Christmas, you don't know him very yeah. well. And like that couldn't be more true. Like what opportunity do we have to, even pointing back to the worldly thing, to give gifts to celebrate with family, to create family rhythms and traditions all around the idea of Jesus that ultimately exalt his name and glorify and celebrate him and what God has done for us in him than Christmas. There's no better time to do that yeah. than to bring all it's that not, we we're do. We're not taking any of that away. Right. That is the meaning of we're Christmas. We're just saying, let's all pin it on the joy we have in Jesus rather than the joy that truly doesn't exist right. in Santa. Right. You know? I mean, just think of... Think of this scenario, like how many people would identify as, yeah, I'm a Christian. I mean, we were there. I right. mean, for mm-hmm. 20 plus years of right. our lives, we were there. Yeah, we're, we're Christians. We're Christians. We're Christians. And then we got saved right. mm-hmm. <laughs> and have this relationship. And uh, But think of how many parents make it a point. Like we're carving this Saturday, like we're going to the mall because we're getting a picture with Jesus. Mm-hmm. But or you mean Santa? Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> a couple people but, might line up. Yeah, that. <laughs> going to the mall to to get a picture on Santa's lap, but they won't even make it a priority to to go to church and to worship him on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I mean, that's the reality that we live in. I mean, it may be hard to hear, but. It's the truth. I mean, that that's where we have to evaluate our priorities and set things and hold lines where we need to hold them and be convicted with, you know, our own lives. Right. Yeah, and I think uh, we started touching on this before. Like, you can look at the fact that, you know, and we, we seem like probably overly crazy to a lot of people, which I'm fine with. Um, uh, <laughs> I love Jesus and I'm fine with that. So... At the end of the day, I think we can look at it and say, okay, well, a lie is really not that bad. We're teaching them a little bit of this moralism. Like, that's really not that bad. Um, Maybe we've even created a little bit of an idol in Santa because that's what he is. You know, Mm -hmm. anything that we choose to worship or celebrate aside from God is, is an idol in our life. And those things seem not that bad. But do you understand that those minor things that you try to reconcile in your head become big temples in the life of our children Mm -hmm. in that we invested 
instead of investing away from them and teaching them how to store up God as their treasure and to put him on their throne room, like we just create these little temples for other things and we've taught them. Little altars all over their lives. Yeah, like it's okay because it doesn't mean too much. It's not that bad. But like at the end of the day, like a lot of these things we're talking about are sin. Like the Bible is very clear that like lying is a sin, having an idol is a sin. And I'm not... Listen, like you might be able to reconcile this in your heart and say, like, I don't feel like I'm sinning. And ultimately, that's between you and God. And I'm not saying you're right or wrong because I'm not the one to place judgment. But at the end of the day, like any lie that or any sin rather that we try to justify is just to completely devalue the blood of Christ that had to be shed to reconcile every sin in the world. And so I just I don't think God takes sin lightly. So Mm -hmm. I don't think we should. Yeah. I think even, man, the heartache of me as like an eight-year-old boy or 10-year-old boy when I'm like, I was just staying up all night long like, I'm going to catch Santa, I'm going to catch Santa. It was all a lie. Yeah. (laughs) It was all a lie. (laughs) I mean, was it good fun while I was believing? Yes, but like... Finding but like, that what out. does that do right. to us? I, I remember finding out, and even as you said that, thinking like, like um, oh my goodness, like Christmas loses all of its value to me because yeah. the value that I had in it was in Santa. Yeah. You know? Um, and like, I, I think a lot of this is like, I, I don't want my kids to ever feel disappointed on Christmas. No. You know? Um, yeah. Well, let's, so, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's get into the practical side of things. I think everybody knows where we're at, where foundationally we're at um let's talk about uh maybe we could help those that are like really thinking about i mean now this is december 20th right (laughs) (laughs) may not be the year to do this or maybe it is you know never know but how can we help parents kind of navigate the transition that we had christmas number one right you know how can we so i think the first thing we started looking at was Okay, um, how how are we? Because what we were facing is like, man, we have this treasure, and we just want to throw ourselves at celebrating and worshiping God in this. And so, how do we do that? And how do we create family rhythms around doing that with our kids? Um, so you know, when you're like doing Santa, you put like cookies and things like that out. So we wanted to create these rhythms of like. All right, how are we going to Still really focus? To yeah, how do we focus all of our time and attention on making this like Jesus exalting holiday? And so I think one of the things we do that people are probably going to find really weird is we make Jesus a birthday cake. Um, and then we got, <laughs> I can imagine people listening to this right yeah. now. And you know what? It's how so many funny. candles? Um, yeah, I think we put one on there, right? I mean, to, so Greg doesn't really like to spend money. So we have like, um, we have like a small stash of birthday candles that get reused. And so like, however many we can, however many we, we have, have left for that. seven yeah. children. Yeah. <laughs> and birthday candles are expensive. They are. Okay. So I think it's so funny because, um, even like we laugh about this, but do you understand that the majority of Americans put out cookies to a man who's make-believe, who's never coming right. down their chimney to eat it, and no one thinks Nobody that's thinks weird. that's crazy. Yet we're crazy because we bake a cake for Jesus, who's yep. very much alive today. We celebrate it. And we sing, and we sing happy birthday to him yeah. to celebrate him in the very real life that he has, yeah. in the very real work that he's done for us. And so, um, 
you know, Jesus said we're going to look weird to the world. And so, like, I'm totally fine with hey, it because at the end. Let's embrace it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> at the end of the day, um, it just is what it is. But it just, it makes me laugh because um, people, like, even at work or, you know, wherever, like, well, wherever you go in life, like, they'll just, like, find Seriously? it funny. You like, that? <laughs> yeah, you, you make it and you sing to him. And even as we sing, like, I'm not going to lie, there's moments of awkwardness. Uh, you know, the kids, I feel like they're just, they've grown up in it, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah, it's like. I'm totally fine with yeah. this, you know. And uh, what else we do? I mean, we do we do Advent stuff. Yeah. So we, we have uh, we have these uh, Christmas ornaments that kind of walk you through the life of ministry of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus, and uh, for 25 days leading up to Christ. And each day we we kind of add that into our normal family worship time and prayer time, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just something fun. And, you know, the ornament goes in a bag. We read the scripture and they try to guess what the ornament is. Now, the older kids like have these things all memorized yeah. now. They've, They've done the same ru- advent ruin for-, <laughs> it for the younger kids. Like they know it every time based on the story. But uh, we hang them up over our sink. You know, we have the ca- string of ribbon across the, the, the cabinets there and we hang them right there. And it's just always a reminder. And what's really cool is we can we can point to those ornaments and we're storing the word up in their hearts. Right. I mean, because mm-hmm. they see the ornament that's representative of the story that we've we've told them, and they can recite it. Right. And they know the premise behind the story, which is which is really cool. But it's also an example of how you can let your decorations and your ornaments and things like right. that point to Jesus. You mm-hmm. know? So, like, you can still do all of these things. Like, you decorate your house and you bake your cookies and yeah. all of that for the glory of God. Yeah. And you just, you talk about Jesus exactly. when you're doing those things. And you put that meaning behind it. Yeah. Um, typically. Because that'll be some of the criticism that would be felt in this. Like, oh, well, do you have a Christmas tree up in your house? Right. You know, that's pagan, you know? Right. And, <laughs> and we still, we still obviously give our kids gifts. Our kids understand that the gifts come from us. Like, um, number one, like Greg always says, like, and when he tells the kids, especially with seven, like, I want you to know this is sacrifice. Like, it hurts a little to buy all of you guys Christmas gifts. And that is a good thing because it hurt for God to send his son to mm-hmm. die for you. Um, grace is a gift. gift. <laughs> right, exactly. And ultimately, like God has given us this amazing gift in Jesus. We want to celebrate that. We celebrate that. And, by. And what that does is that makes them appreciate. Like they know I go to work every day mm-hmm. and I have to make money to buy these gifts. I mean, even the Bible says we're, parents love to give their kids good gifts. I mean, that's what we're doing. Right. As, as parents, we want to give them good gifts and we want to celebrate them or celebrate them with giving them good gifts, but especially at Christmas, like showing them that, that God gave the greatest gift and it, it was sacrifice. And um, man, that's what we want them to appreciate it. And that's what that all does. That's the meaning behind all of that mm-hmm. is if you get something from a mythical man based on things you really didn't even achieve because you're a sinner, you're like, you're not morally good. Right. Um, you don't appreciate them. But if they know, like, man, you know, every time that we don't see dad for eight hours in a day Mm -hmm. and like he bought these things and my parents have given me these gifts and they went out and took time to do it. Like there's meaning. There's appreciation behind it. it. And then we take that and extrapolate that to like God gave us the greatest gift Mm -hmm. and it costs something. It cost Jesus's life. I mean, that's what we want to do. With the gift giving. It like might seem like a loose parallel, but it's a lot closer of a parallel than making up this lie right. about Jesus. You know, you can use those, or about Santa, um, you can use those things to really point to Jesus and to exalt him. We should do all these good things 
all of them should point to Jesus. So I'd say like one of the last things that we do is um, we'll read scripture before dinner and we'll pray. And like, of course, like we always pray before meals, but we know that like we're gathering with friends and family at Christmas time, some of which might not be believers. So our prayer is going to be very focused on like the gospel and what yeah. the true meaning of, of Christmas is. And we'll share a little bit of, of scripture. Um, typically we'll have one of the kids read it, you know, just to train them up in public yeah. speaking and not being feeling weird. I mean, the very first Christmas that you start doing this stuff, it's going to be weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be weird. Your family's going to look at you, and that's okay, because you're supposed to be weird as a Christian. You bust out your birthday cake. <laughs> yeah, you bust out your birthday cake. <laughs> yep. Um, well, let's end this episode in terms of, let's talk about our kids. So we obviously, we tell our kids that Santa isn't real, but we have fun with Santa. It's So I don't want you to hear that like we don't, wouldn't watch a Santa movie, you know, like they just, they know the truth behind it and we can still have fun, watch a movie and like do the whole nine yards, but our focus is on Jesus. So, I mean, that's where we've drawn the line and where you have to draw the line is up to your own heart. But how do we, how do we deal with, cause this is the biggest concern as parents. Like this is probably the most asked question. This is the I most like asked question and, we, and we've waited till the end to answer it. Mm-hmm. Like how do you, how do you handle, handle your, your kids, kids ruining the Santa for other kids? Right. Um, I feel like we are probably going to lose some people listening to us <laughs> over this. I don't worry about it as much as I probably did the first year. Yeah. Um, because I think at the end of the day, my focus is on my kids and their walk with Christ. And I want to train up kids who don't lie and, um, that their lives and all that they do would exalt and point to Jesus. So I'm a lot less worried about them ruining Santa than Ex- I am about them de-exalting Jesus, yeah. you know? Right. And so I would so much rather my kids ruin someone's Christmas over Santa and then have the opportunity to share the gospel. Or I'd rather them, you know, ruin someone's Christmas than them some somehow shrinking back and just um, not wanting to share mm-hmm. about how good and God this, is in and, the life of and Jesus. And we just you we know? tell them like, there's some parents that you know that aren't being truthful to their kids, right. and that's between them and their parents. And you know, so some some and it of comes off lighter- a much less negative. <laughs> like some of them listening to you say that, I'm like, wow, that sounds so negative. I think, um, yeah, I don't feel but like we, we're, we're not advocating for them to go tell all their friends. Exactly. We, we tell them like that's between them and their parents. Like that's right. not your responsibility. And it's to, not your job to, do, to do, that. do that. Exactly. And, um, but like we'll have funny situations. We'll be at the store at Walmart and the, you know, the, the teller or the cashier will all be like, <laughs> you guys ready, ready for, for Santa? Santa? And like our kids are like, we believe in yeah, Jesus. We believe in Jesus. And Santa's not the, real. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes like they'll just say, Oh, we believe in Jesus. And then I try to jump in very quickly and like just change the subject or whatever, you know, yeah. especially if I see that there are kids behind us. But like we very much tell the kids, like, what happens in other houses is the responsibility of their parents, just mm-hmm. like it's mom and dad's responsibility to manage what's in our house. And so you should never strike up a conversation about Santa because that would not be you being a good steward of like your friendship. Like that's just yeah. a line you wouldn't want to cross. That wouldn't be you being a decent human being because ultimately you know that that's yeah. going to bring up some weirdness. But if you are asked, like you could just say, oh, we just don't celebrate Santa. And like growing up, I had a lot of um, 
you know, I went to school with a couple like Jehovah Witnesses that were like, we don't celebrate Santa. And never once did I question like, was Santa real? You know what I mean? Like, I got much bigger questions for them right now. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, so like, I, I don't, I think you can tell your, I think it's important to tell your kids like, because just because we don't celebrate it doesn't mean the other families don't. You don't need to be going and looking for the conversation. If yeah. the conversation arises, I'm not asking you to lie. Um, most of the time, these situations are handled without yeah, ever really. We really haven't had a huge no. issue. You know, it just it's never never come down to that. And most, especially adults, like because the biggest one is always at the grocery store when the kids and I are checking out. That's always where we get it. Are you guys, you know, ready for Santa? And always the kids' response is, "Oh, we celebrate Jesus." Like that's typically always what they what they come back with. And let me tell you, most people don't ask questions beyond that. They're just ready for you to leave. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're not like really trying to dive much deeper yeah, into that. Yeah, it's a concrete wall for yeah. sure. So that's where we land. I mean, I there's think. many good, faithful Christians that don't land where we do. Right. Um, this is where you have to navigate parenthood on your own, have your own convictions and discern these things. Um, I would I would advise you to discern them in a in a biblical and godly way. Um, that the way- Bible's not going to say yes or no to Santa, but the Bible is going to make a clear path on convictions that you will have mm-hmm. about Santa. That's where we we found it to be very black and white for yep. us. Yeah, and if, if you have, if we've left you with more questions than answers, you need to do the work. I mean, we, we didn't do the work for you. You have to come to your own conclusions on these things. Let the Spirit of God convict you where it needs to be convicted and um rest, like Paul said, let your that. own conscience bear witness about yes. you. You know, yep. ultimately yep. your walk between you and God is between you and God. Mm-hmm. And the spirit's gonna convict us differently based on what God desires to be doing in our life at yep. that time. But this is where we've landed. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we shepherd our seven kids. And um, if you found it encouraging, helpful, we'd love to see some comments on the, you know, the post on Facebook or on our website. And if you don't, I'd love to hear, I'd like to hear your rebuttals on, on Facebook as well, just see where you're at. And uh, if we can help you out in any, any way we can, we would love to do that. But that's all we have. We hope you have a Merry Christmas. We do hope you that, that you celebrate Jesus this Christmas. And remember, He is the greatest gift, that He has secured salvation for us, and that He is the, the one that was sent by God to, to do the work on our behalf because we are dead in our sins. So that's what we're celebrating. We're praying that you celebrate the same thing and that you that Christ is magnified in your home and in your life this holiday season. So until next time, Merry Christmas.